Hi there, everyone. This is Jill with the Pickle Jar Podcast, and thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited because my guest episodes are really, truly, truly the most important episodes that we have here in the Pickle Jar because it's so important for anyone who's interested in sharing their story. We know how deeply we can connect by just giving out that information and sharing our hearts with everyone. And I have some very special guests here today. I have April and her eight-year-old daughter, Dorothy, from Texas. Um, April found me on Instagram, which just shows you the power of social media and how important it is for people living with rare chronic illnesses, how, how we can connect using something so simple that we're using every day. And it's truly making a difference. Um, you know, through Instagram, through the podcast, and I'm just so grateful to have them here today. So if at any point you are interested in sharing your story on the podcast, it is so easy. It's so simple. There are no rules. It's just us talking and sharing because I've explained to April and Dorothy, I still have no idea what I'm doing. I just jump in with two feet and hope for the best and know that anything that we can share is going to make a difference for somebody. So if you get anything out of any of these podcasts, the most important thing you can do is just take a moment and please share the podcast and get the word out. Just like April found me um, and others are finding the podcast, it's truly making a difference. And, but I need you, you know, I need your support to do that. That's the only way to make it happen. So what we're going to do today is April's going to give us a little bit of a background information about Dorothy's journey. And then um, April's going to share with us her perspective of being a caregiver of somebody living with a chronic illness. So I am going to welcome them into the pickle jar. And if you are watching this on YouTube, Dorothy has made some fabulous pictures for us for background for the podcast, which are comp so awesome. It's nice to have some decorations there. So thank you, Dorothy. So April, I'm passing it over to you. And thank you again to both of you for joining us in the pickle jar and April, please share with us a little bit about Dorothy's journey. Yeah, so uh, ooh, we'll condense it the best we can. How about I, I can I can start, okay? Okay. I start. So okay, so I okay, so I was born. <laughs> I was born and what happened when you were born? Do you know? No. You were the mystery baby. You were really sick. The, they didn't know. They were said, what's going on with this baby? We don't, they couldn't figure it out. You, so she was born, um, a normal, regular pregnancy, repeat C-section, like everything is just like normal, whatever. Here we go. Having another baby. Very exciting. Uh, and as soon as she was born, she just her she was crying, but it was sounding weird. It sounded like chuffing to me. And my mom was with me in the OR and I said, something's like not right. Like they cleaned her up and wrapped her up and handed her to Nana. And I said, like, something's like, it's weird. She's not, she doesn't sound right to me. So they took her back. And that was like the very start of like, she, you know, was put on like full life support in the, in that hospital and then transferred to a higher NICU and they kept telling me like, there's, we just think there's like her lungs are not, well, they didn't know at the time it was pulmonary hypertension. They just thought she's repeat. She's a C-section baby. She didn't get all of like the fluids out of her lungs and she's having a hard time, like getting on board with everything. It should be fine, but it, it wasn't, it wasn't. So, um, that kind of like kicked off her, you know, birth, birth. <laughs> 
have that. And I can't have lavender soap without eating Lavender things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no lavender bath. Our endocrinologist yeah. told us. But no anyway. Lavender baths or... Yeah, because yeah. it can mess with your hormones. And we don't want to do that. We're, we're working hard to keep everything where it needs to be, right? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so for like the first two months in the NICU, she was like eight pounds, whatever, at birth. She was like healthy and good full term. They just kept saying like, she's the mystery baby. One thing, you know, it was like her, her, her pulmonary, her lungs didn't switch over. So it was pulmonary hypertension at the beginning. And so she's intubated from like literally the jump, you know, and then it's uh, pneumonia. And then it's like, well, we got this under control, but now like her, her blood pressure, we can't, she was on like three different blood pressure medications. It couldn't stabilize her blood. You know, it was like really scary. They basically called me, the doctor called me right at 24 hours after dot was born and i'm in one hospital and she's at the children's a different hospital and um the doctors basically said like she needs her mom so i was just like 24 hours post c-section i was like listen y'all i did this like a year and a half ago i got it like don't worry <laughs> let's go let's so i went to go be by her side and the first two months at the NICU she was just a mystery baby and then um an accident, well, like an error was made at the hospital. And instead of Dorothy getting fed through her G-tube and all that stuff, or or she didn't have a G-tube at that point, she had an NG. Anyways, she had a tube that fed her through, um, it was either her nose or her mouth. I can't remember which, because she had tubes in both. So she's had both, I think, at different times. Anyways, um, the bed got fed and Dot had a pretty bad seizure. And then they, what I was told essentially when they called me in the middle of the night, you know, cause I'm at home at that hospital, it's only pediatric. So it's not like mom, even though mom's recovering, I get to be with her. I'm, there's a recliner. I mean, yeah, there's like a, like a recliner. That's it. It's like a chair that reclines and that's all you got homie, you know, like have fun. So anyway, um, she was a mystery baby the, the bed got fed and then she had a seizure. And then they said, this isn't really normal, even for like a newborn at this rate to have a seizure from not being fed for like X amount of hours. Like that's unusual. So they did an EEG that came back, which like does like your brain okay. like waves okay. and stuff that I, I think the best that I can tell, like, I guess they were thinking maybe something neurologic, neurological. It's like with your nervous system and stuff like that. Okay. And so anyways, um, and that came back abnormal, but I was basically told, well, they always do. So we're going to do an MRI just to like make sure everything, I mean, she had been through a lot. So they were like, let's just, you know, you're tired. <laughs> you can lean on me if you're tired. So let's just, you know, see what's going on. And that's where they found that her pituitary gland and let's see, anterior was very small and posterior was like basically cells. And the, and our first endocrinologist, Dr. Smith said, you know, usually as they grow, um, like the ones that is cells is just becomes nothing. Like they just kind of, you know, it just kind of disappears, I guess, over time from them growing and stuff and whatever. So, so she makes zero hormones. She doesn't make growth hormones. She does not make cortisol. She does not make. So she doesn't um, have the ACTH hormone that stimulates the adrenal glands and right. She doesn't have any of that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So she's, um, on, you know, medications for life, but 
the medications keep us strong and keep us healthy and keep us doing all of the cool things we want to do. So, So, you know, so basically just kind of, kind of go over what the information you just gave us. So basically when she was born, she had a lot of issues and it sounds like they just couldn't quite figure out why she kept having issues. And they kept going from one thing to the next, trying to figure you out, right? They were trying to figure you out, little girl, weren't they? And they just couldn't quite figure it out, right? And so when it finally came into that error was made that led to all those extra testing, they found out about the pituitary issue, which gave all the answers and explained what was going on, right? So technically- Oh, you summed that up so nicely. Yeah. So technically, um, so technically she has secondary adrenal insufficiency, correct? And yeah, right. Her, her more overlying um, like diagnosis is the panhypopituitarism. Okay. Meaning pan meaning all hypo meaning right. it makes none and then it puts everything together right. into one right. one family, right? Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes, Dorothy. She has her hand up. Yes. I have to take a shot every night. Growth hormones. That's right. Yeah. 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 Six nights a week, right? Yeah. And you do it all yourself. Yeah. Well, yeah. So Fridays, we Fridays, she said skip Friday. Fridays are night off from doing um growth hormone shots. So she does them six days a week. She does them all on her own now Mm -hmm. for the last like three months. I do everywhere. Yeah, so there's different places when she they're called subcutaneous, continuous subcutaneous. I got the needle here, and don't forget there. Yeah. yeah, so she's she's finally like done all the places in the legs, in the back of the arms, the stomach, and the the booty, the booty area. Right. Yeah. So she's excited. She's like, I've done all the places. Yay! <laughs> I don't know. Could be. I don't know. So after they kind of got some answers for you guys, what were the next steps in her treatment and getting her to come home? Cause that was the goal. Get you to come home. Yeah. So at that point it's like, well, let's put her on hydrocortisone. Let's put her on, um, Synthroid, which is for her thyroid. And let's, and we started seeing improvements like immediately. She still had some like issues. Like she had a vomiting issue, which is why she got put on a G tube. Um, um, so, I mean, like she's coming home, but it was like with, you know, stipulations that, you know, um, and so the next steps were just kind of like learning all of the things before they would let us out of the hospital, you know, learning how important all the different things were. And then, um, specialist appointment, specialist appointment, you turn around and whoops, there you go. Another specialist appointment. (laughs) you know, lots and lots of paperwork. Really, you just start from there, like saying, okay, what's, what do we need? Okay, what's next? And the next, it's like, you're like a little Pac-Man. Like, okay, here's another thing and another thing and another thing and another thing. No, like the ghost that you catch. Yeah. And then you catch the ghost and you go, okay, we, we did all the things for this thing and you're doing great and we can draw. Yeah, exactly. So since then, have you, have you hit any roadblocks in the last 18 years to get her to this point? other than the learning and, you know, the doctor's appointments, has there any, you know, different developments that have happened in her health and her wellness? Um, not that, not really. I mean, there's been, you know, um, 
there's not really been anything that really like prevents her from being and doing like all the things that she needs to and wants to accomplish. Like she's on road track developmentally. I, we, um, I had her tested through the public school when she was in kindergarten first, just because I was like, I'm worried about memory. Yeah. I'm worried about like, as her mom, you know, I don't, I don't have anything to compare her to, but like my other kid that I'm raising and you know, you know what I mean? And I'm like, she just doesn't seem to remember things as great. It could just be me. I don't know, no, but no, it's not you. It's not just me. Okay. Well, that's fair. You know, yeah. So I had her tested for like everything and I'm like, let's, it's better to know now than to learn in like five years what's going on, you know? And then, yeah, that was it, kind of not fun. Yeah. I'm saying, April, if you could just repeat what she's saying, I'm having a hard time hearing her again. So, okay, yeah, she was saying it took so long to find a preschool. So, we tried to get her in where Bubba went uh, about a year, you know, a couple of years before yeah, her. Yeah. Yeah. So the school that, that John, my son went to, they couldn't take her because she had an emergency shot. It was, they would take kids with EpiPens, but they would not take with the, a kid with the Solucortef, Actovile, um, emergency shot, you know, that looks a lot, you know, right. so it's much more complicated than just take a cap off, jab them in the leg. Right. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, one day, one day, we hope to get to that point, girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, sure. That's what we're working towards. Yeah. So it sounds like, yeah. so since, since she's come home, you, you've learned, you've grown, you've taken one day at a time to figure out how to manage this. And you just, sounds like you keep on top of things and you keep evolving as everything changes and just taking it one day at a time, you know, she seems to have progressed very, very well. And her quality of life is very, very good which is amazing. Um, so now from what could you share with us from a caregiver's perspective that you, what advice, anything that you can, can share with the listeners about your unique perspective? Cause that's something that we don't always get someone to share. Um, I would say like, just kind of starting out when you first get a diagnosis, like do your research, but like, don't panic because everybody's different. The way your body is going to react, although may like follow like a general idea of this is how it's going to go. Not everybody reacts the same way. And it's really important to like, it's really hard, but it's important not to stress yourself out. Like the least amount of stress you can have the way better for yourself. It'll like mentally help you prepare to handle whatever you need to handle. You just have to take it like one thing at a time. You cannot worry about all the things all at once. You know, if a doctor, you're concerned about something and a doctor says, listen, I understand. I see what's going on, but like you don't, it's not something for us to worry about right now. You really have to learn how to just be like, okay, let's just put that away for right now. We're not going to be concerned about this because we have like bigger fish to fry. Right. So you, you have to keep your head about you. you and know? I think it's, and it's one of those things, it's acknowledging that there's a learning curve to it, right? You're not going to yeah. be perfect at it at the beginning. You're going to have, you know, anxiety, stress. It's, it's, you know, it's a big task. It's a lot of responsibility 
but it's just really trying to practice taking it one day at a time, taking those deep breaths, asking for help, right? Which sometimes is hard, especially I think, you know, when, when you're one of the parents, it's hard to ask for help because you feel like it's, I would think you feel like it's your job, right? But you, you're human too. And you need, you know, your stress relief, you need your support as well so that you can support the person that you want to support. Yeah. And it definitely took me time to like, realize like, oh wait, I cannot do all of this by myself. <laughs> like, no, I, I'm, you know, I would love to, I, you know, that is ideal, you know, to be able to just handle all the things all the time, but you can't always do it. And you have to say like, you got to kind of surrender that and be like, right. okay. I, and it's, it's like, it's for the betterment of your child. So hopefully that makes it a little bit easier from my perspective. Like, okay, it might be harder for me to ask for help if it was just me, but I'm not just worried about me and thinking about me. What I'm thinking about is what's best for her. Right. So right. it's okay. Well, sorry. Hey, Dorothy, nice and loud, Dorothy, nice and loud. <laughs> That's what, that's what I wanted to say. Yeah, dad is very active. Dad said he yeah. gave you your growth hormone shot the other night. Did no, he I said that, but yeah, he did. did. He help? He did. Nice. Yeah. Good. Yeah. You just usually don't like dad to do that part. Yeah. Oh, you like. Wait, I know. Our light went out. It's okay. It's not a big deal. All right. So, so what kind, type of coping mechanisms do you use, April? Um, It just varies. Like, we we really try to, like, do the fun thing. You know what I mean? Like if there's an opportunity to do something fun or be a little silly, you know, you have to like find like the bright things in life that like make life worth living. And that's the kind of the cool thing about, you know, all of this is it like really enables you to understand like what's important. So you do stuff that's important, right? You like take the time to bake the thing with the kid. You like, you go have some fun. You go do the thing. We'll bake something later. Okay. Maybe not today, maybe tomorrow. We'll but see. yeah, you're right. That's one perspective that I have gained with living with a chronic illness is that it's giving me definitely a, a more deeper appreciation for my health and for my life and for those little moments that we all need to appreciate. And then I think sometimes get so lost in the chaos in life. It's kind of really brought that up to the forefront. And I really think it's also brought up to the fr- forefront how amazing the body is and how incredible the body is to fight and how strong we really are when we, when we, when we got to do something for somebody, we really can learn. Like, I'm sure you, you know, with Dorothy's, you know, condition and everything like that, how, how much knowledge we can really gain and how, you know, if you look at where you started, where you knew absolutely nothing, right. And the information and the knowledge that you know now is absolutely incredible. I would think you probably know more than more of some of the doctors that are out there with some of these conditions and stuff, right? Like you're, you're, you're on even playing field with these people. Like there's no doubt about when you live with something every day. And especially, I think there's probably even just a higher level when it comes to retaining the information to care for your child. You, I mean, you're, you're up there with the doctors, with the knowledge and the, I mean, experience, experience is priceless, right? to live with it every single day. We, I think we forget when we have an illness, how many things become natural and what we really do know, because it just becomes common knowledge to us. Right. And the knowledge that you both, you have Dorothy, like Dorothy, you know, so much about the things that you can do. It's absolutely incredible. Right. But to you, it's just normal. It's just life. And we forget how amazing we are 
And it's really important to acknowledge that. So good job to both of you, especially you, Dorothy. High five through the computer. High five me, girlfriend. There we go. All right. Smashing the screen. Yeah, we don't want to smash the screen. We want to do more podcasts. We can't do that with no screen. Yes. Yeah. yeah don't want to break the screen. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. It's, you know. It's, it's a good, it's a journey. Okay. I didn't start out here. Right. Exactly. And here's another really good thing I learned. Ask questions, ask all of the questions all of the time. And like, it really should be like your care team and you working together to like make the best possible outcome you, you really can. And then do the work, be willing to do the work. If they suggest this, okay, fine. We're going to try this. And then we're going to try that. And then We'll try the third thing until we find what works for us, what doesn't work for us, what's the best way. Maybe they all do the same thing, but maybe one way works better for you. And that's okay too. Like ask the questions, you know, and do your work, do your research and say, what about this possibility? That's something else I learned, like advocating for DOT, like, you know, um, and is it, it is very important to find outlets, you know, to discuss what's going on in life as you know to offer support to accept support to just have people who know that you're going through the same thing that I guess you could call that another like coping mechanism is like getting support out you know and then once you have x amount of help and like you know what you're doing and you know like okay this is scary but we got this we can handle this then you're able to like give that support to somebody else right who's like at the beginning where you were before it's nice it feels good to be able to do that right and then how often do you feel like you just you know like the advice of like just trust your instincts too like a hundred percent right a hundred percent like you have to yeah yeah. And, it, and it's okay to listen to that little inner voice. And like you said, ask again. And if you have to ask again, you keep asking until, until you're satisfied. And um, yeah, I mean, if nothing else, a doctor should hopefully want to put your mind at ease. Like, here's what you're worried about. Here's what's happening. They need to be explain things to you and you have the right to know exactly what's happening and when it's happening and for what reason you know, it's important to know these things, uh, you know, it really is. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Nothing. And then how do you, um, is there any advice you can give to any, you know, maybe a caregiver parent who's listening, who is worried about their future of the things that are going to come, the things that we can't control that are, you know, five, 10 years down the road, you know, what kind of advice can you give them? Cause you know, we've talked and, and I can tell that you're you know, you're very much in the moment and how important that is just to stay in the moment as best as you can. And it's not going to be easy. You're going to have moments of anxiety and stress and worry. That's part of the journey and that's okay. But it's, you know, what advice can you give to help people, you know, some extra, maybe some coping mechanisms that you've learned how to, to slowly start to decrease and kind of control that anxiety a little bit so that you're not worried about the things that are coming and it's not affecting you today in that moment with the things that you need to deal with. Yeah. So I think, um, kind of planning ahead to some extent is really important. Plan on the things that you hope and you want, and you are awesome, amazing things to happen in the future and goals, set goals and do all of the things, but you also have to plan 
kind of always keep in mind like a worst case scenario type of thing. And if this happens, then this is what we're gonna do. And this is how we're gonna take care of it. You know, if you have a plan in place, it will stress you out a lot less than if something scary goes down and you're trying to like scramble to figure right. it all out last second. So I think that will help like decrease the stress of, you know, you know, something like that. So, so basically educate yourself, make plans where you feel comfortable and just, you know, have as many plans and different things in place so that, because the reality is there's different scenarios that can, can happen and probably talk to your healthcare provider saying, you know what, what could happen? Where could we be going with this? But you just kind of take a step back knowing that if you're prepared, you, you know, you have the best odds, you have the best defense and the best outcome possible. And that's kind of what it's all about because there's things that we just, we just can't control. Like there's no question about it. Right. Yeah. But that's like normal life too. PS. Yeah. That's yeah. just like life. The older I get, the more I realize it. And I'm like, wait, <laughs> what's that about? <laughs> but it's true. You know what I mean? You can only control what you can control. There are going to be some things that are out of your control. And the best thing you can do for that is handle it like emotionally and physically and mentally the best from the best possible point of view you can, which is when something happens, then we're going to sit down and we're going to deal with it. And we're going to make a plan on what needs to happen. And then we're going to implement that plan and make sure that we're doing all of the things that we can do on our side to make sure that everything will be okay. You know? Yeah. No, that's great advice. No, exactly. That's exactly. Um, yeah, no, perfect, perfect advice. So thank you. Um, Anything else, ladies? What what else can you share with us? Uh, so, nice and loud, girlfriend. Can't hear you. Labs. She was saying it's not fun having to take labs. So she goes every four months for blood work. For blood work. And yeah, and for right now, for us, that's kind of the most invasive thing that we have going on. She's been having um, MRIs the last several years, but um, not because of her panhypopituitarism, but because she had cranial vault reconstruction surgery at 11 months old. Um, but so anyways, um, so I think the most invasive thing that she goes through like yeah. regularly is labs. Yeah, so labs. she's just saying it's not fun. And then she takes, she has growth hormone each a few times a week. Yeah, so six, Six days a week, she takes a, a shot. Uh, okay, so I do Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Thursday, and I have Friday off. So and Friday then, off for growth hormone, and every other day you have, and you get to, you can do this on your own now, which is pretty cool. That's a pretty good skill to have. That's awesome. Good job for you. Mm -hmm. High five again through the computer for that. High five me. All right, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> and then obviously it's a hydrocortisone. Um, daily as well right so yeah so synthroid hydrocortisone you can go if you want just close yeah. the door um and then the growth hormone six days a week and then she has an emergency shot that's only in case of like major injury or major illness like she's vomiting she can't keep anything down we have to be able to get her medication in her to cover her adrenally right um some way so the emergency shot Wherever Dorothy goes, the shot goes, yep. whoever has dot, whatever the responsible adult is, has the shot, knows how to do it. 
That's all. And and Dorothy, you know, so what I have, Dorothy, I have it for a different reason, but our medication and our emergency shots, we have to treat ourselves exactly the same, even though the reason why we have it is different. We are the same girlfriend. Okay. I take my shot. I have shots all over the place and everybody knows how to do it. And I got to take my hydrocortisone as well. And I actually use mine through a pump. So mine pumps in my body all day. So, and now you have another question. I'm glad I only had to do one. You're glad you only had to do one what? Shot a day. One shot a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we have a, my mom has diabetes. So she takes like, Nana does multiple little shots a day. Like, you know, three or four times. So, and you only have to do it once. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) a good way to look at it well we're so excited to be on your podcast and kind of share a little bit of dot story and you know my philosophy a little bit about handling it all is like really is you just have to do it one thing at a time and try not to stress out about things you can't and live in the moment and do all the fun things you know do whatever is the next best thing that's good for you and makes you happy and takes good care of you. That's what you got to do. And that's why I, I thought it was so important to have you guys on here because that message is so important because I think that gets lost in the chaos and the stress and the worry, how important it is just to be in the moment, to take care of yourself, to take one day at a time and to validate that the journey's rough. There's going to be lots of ups and downs, but it's, it can be okay. One day at a time. If you just take it one day at a time, you know, you can progress. It's not going to be perfect. Don't expect it to be perfect overnight, right? It's not going to be perfect. It's going to take, you're going to have to learn and adjust and just, you know, just keep appreciating life and trying to move forward. Yes, Dorothy. Yeah, you have to adjust mentally and physically. Mentally and physically? Mostly mentally. Mostly mentally. I to one who has it. You have to adjust mentally for the one who has it. Yes. For your pan hypopit and adrenal insufficiency. Yes, you have to adjust physically, but you should just like mentally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's a good point. Yeah. It takes adjusting mentally and and that's okay. And yeah. some days you're gonna some days we're sad about it because yeah. we have to do things that other people don't have to do or that we don't see other people having to yeah. do. And we just have to remember, like, we're never alone. That's the cool thing about it. We got friends like Jill and other friends online and got lots of people that love you and just want what's best for you. And that's pretty awesome right yeah. there. There's lots of people out there who know about you and care about you. Yeah. That's and cool. you know what, Dorothy, and you know what I remember too. And one thing I love about these podcasts and meeting people like you and your mom is, you know, what? same thing like you, there's things that I have to do every single day to take care of myself that people don't understand. Nobody sees it. But I have to get up every day and there's a whole bunch of things that I make sure I do to make sure I stay healthy and safe. And when I talk to people, you know, like you and your mom and all the other people that I've met, it just reminds me that I'm not alone. There's a lot of people for a lot of different reasons that do a lot of things to take care of themselves every day to keep healthy. And when we start talking to each other, we realize that there's more of us than what we realize. (laughs) There's more people that have to get up every day and do all these little, these things that, that extra things that we have to do to make sure we're okay. There's a lot of us doing it and that's okay. Cause that's just, it's what we got to do. It is what it is, right? We just take care of business. Like we say, let's take care of business and 
live our lives and that's all we can do. Yeah. It's, you know? you know what? it's take care of business and move on with your day, right? Go to Walmart, yep. go out to the park, do whatever you got to do, get it done, get it over with, take your shots, take your medication and then, and then go live life. Right. Yep. Exactly. All yep. right, ladies, anything else you can think that you would like to add or share with us today? And hopefully we'll have you guys on again to share some more. Is there anything, one final thing, anything at all? Was it pretty cool being on a podcast? This is your first podcast. Like you're only eight. You're on your first podcast. Like that's, that's pretty cool right there. I'm the youngest person that does my show. Oh, that does your show. Oh, she's saying that she's been told that she's the youngest person that a lot of people have heard of that do self-injection, that, that does her own shot on her own. I would you're proud that. of that. You should be proud of that. You it's should be ex- extremely, extremely proud of that. Okay. <laughs> extremely proud. Okay. That's, that's, and like I said, you, to you, it's just like, yeah, I can do my shot. No big deal, but it's pretty amazing that you can do it. So good job for you. Well, thank you for having us. We had fun talking to you, Jill. Thank you, ladies. And thank you to everyone for tuning in today and sharing with us and listening to April and Dorothy's story. Um, It's truly inspirational to hear their perspective. And um, I just so appreciate their time so much. And hopefully we will have them on again. So again, if you're interested in sharing your story, as you can see, it's just an informal conversation of new friends, you know, sharing their story and their journey. You can email me at thepicklejar at rogers.com. And until next time, please be well, my pickles.